Bible says in the last days, people are going to have itching ears. They're not going to want to hear the truth. They will not tolerate sound doctrine. So people will get up and preach doctrines of devils. devils. Joe, immoral communist Biden, is a supporter of transgender surgery, puberty blockers, even for minors, and all at public expense. I'm sick of it. The communism that came in this country and the socialism, and the whole Democratic Party, it was weaned in Baptist churches just like this and preachers who said they believe the Bible and lying about it at the same time. Why can't we just believe that God says what he means and means what he says? Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Thanks for joining in today. Thanks for being here with us on another episode of uh, the Canceled Preacher podcast. Uh, we do appreciate our audience. Thanks for listening in. We also want to uh, mention this again, as we've mentioned in the past. But if you uh, enjoy the podcast, uh, share it with somebody who you think also might enjoy it if it's helped you or if you know of somebody who might benefit from it. Uh, and also leave us a review. That, that uh, helps out. And uh, we do enjoy hearing from you. Actually, I didn't even know that uh, these were a thing. I didn't know we had any reviews until uh, I looked over here on the um, the Apple Podcast platform. And so I found a couple of uh, reviews that people have left. Um, surprisingly, I just cannot believe it, but uh, we have some negative ones. Man, who would have thought that everything we're saying isn't, <laughs> isn't just uh, uh, bl- uh, being well-received. But, of course, we understand that. You know, as we mentioned on here, we've got some... Some controversial takes and things like that, but uh, we appreciate that uh, you understand where we're coming from, and well, we just we just want to be faithful to the Word of God. And uh, Amen to that. But um, well, one of them here says, and it's quite encouraging. And again, I want to say thank you for listening. Thanks for reaching out and and, and uh, for uh, kind words like this. It says this podcast is what the world needs now: some old-fashioned truth, as it was back in the day. Very thankful for Pastor Hudson and his grip on truth and reality. And I can ditto that. And uh, what's the other one there that well, you got? Well, that's the one I'm going to read is exactly the opposite. It says, I attempted <clears throat> to listen to the March 20th episode on old-time religion, and I could only make it about halfway through before I stopped listening. Well, we appreciate you listening for the time that you did. There were several instances of misrepresentation of other denominations and history. I don't think it was intentional. It sounded like general ignorance and peddling of baseless stereotypes. There were several broad generalizations, again, nothing accurate, that created straw men the host kept attacking. Halfway through, they never defined old-time religion. It seemed to be a flexible ideal that they can fit it to mean what they want. These seem to be generally nice guys, but they use their time to attack fellow believers without having a grasp on what is actually going on. Well, let me just stop and say a few things about that. First of all, I appreciate the previous comment. Thank you very much for that. That's encouraging. I also want to say thank you for the one that gave us a not-so-encouraging comment because it gives us a time to reflect. But And I don't certainly don't want to defend myself, but I do want to say that I think that anybody that doesn't have their head in the sand would realize that religion today is very much compromised. Mm -hmm. I think anybody would agree that there was a time when preachers believed the Bible. Now preachers are making an excuse for the Bible. You know, and now we have preachers that are, you know, 
uh, welcoming LGBTQ and mm. DEI. Right. And, um, y- you know, I mean, socialism so and things like yes, that. Yes, yes. So I, the Bible does teach us in the last days there'll be a Laodicean church age, lukewarm church age. No question about that. Mm-hmm. In my mind, the Corinthian church was certainly one that was liberal. We read about several liberal churches in the book of Revelation. And so to think that they don't exist today, also to say that Jesus himself said, broad is the way and wide is the gate that leads to destruction, and many there be that go in thereat. Right. There's no question in my mind that religion is very popular, but truth is not. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it was B.R. Lakin who said, 85% of the people that I preach to are lost people, mm. and they were in good churches. And so I'm not against the Presbyterian. I'm not against the Catholics or the Baptist. I'm against false truth, mm-hmm. whether it's preached from a Baptist church or a Catholic church. It ought to be about the truth. However, um. I do believe that we need to get back to the old time religion. Mm-hmm. Um, when when we when when churches they believed in modesty, churches believed that drugs were wrong, mm-hmm. marijuana was wrong. Um, you know, um, being faithful to church was was right. And now what we've got is we've got churches that are nothing more than entertainment places, entertainment centers, where you go to get entertained rather than hearing the preaching of the Word of God and being edified. Yeah. But he goes on to say they never define old-time religion. Okay, well, let's just put it this way. Bible belief. Bible belief. Mm -hmm. And you have to be kidding me if you don't believe that we have gotten away from the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to be kidding me. Well, and on that point, uh, that that episode was titled... um, uh, fundamental Baptist dress standards in the old time, or something like that. And fundamental Baptist, you know, you uh, emphasize this, but the fundamental of the fundamentals has got to be the Bible, the Word of God. And, uh, if you take that seriously, literal approach, we're not going to make we're not going to make it fit with the times or with what we understand. Then that dictates all the other quote unquote fundamentals. Yes, I, I've got to say this again. You're right on. So we've got to get back to the Bible. And here's what denominations do. And by the way. Um, you know, salvation doesn't come through a denomination or an institution. Salvation comes through Christ, a person, and that person is revealed in the Word of God. All that we know about truth for sure is from the Word of God. Now, he talks about, you know, taking things out of historical context context and whatnot, but I've got to say this again. So I believe the Bible, he believes in some man's footnotes. Right, right. You, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because he wasn't there, but God was there. When he said in the beginning, God created heavens there. Nobody was there. So where where are we going to put our faith in Amen. God, or are we going to put it faith in somebody's footnotes? So true. Somebody says that they heard somebody say that they heard somebody say that they heard somebody say. We can. There is no. There is there there is no absolute. Um, you cannot trust history absolutely. Yeah, that's right. You just cannot. Yeah. Because, you know, it's been said so often, whoever wins the war, war writes the history book. Yeah. And it's so always written from their perspective. Their perspective. In their best light. Right. So we got to get completely away from, you know, somebody's perspective and get back to God's perspective. Amen. Well, um, the, uh, the, you know, the comment says, uh, well, not that comment, but I've heard this talking about religion that like to criticize blind faith. But what people don't realize is that everybody has blind faith in something. Everybody yes. has faith in something. And most people are so foolish, they put their faith in themselves 
or it's Calvin or Augustine or Luther, you know, rather than God. And we are so easily manipulated and deceived. We are so easily deceived. But we like to uh, claim that the, the most logical path is to put faith in what we can see or what we understand. That's blind faith, too. You say, well, you have blind faith in the Bible or in God. Well, you have blind faith, too. But you've put your, your blind faith into something much more unreliable. Yeah, well, of course, nothing is as reliable as the Word of God. So what what so many do is they'll say, well, I don't believe in Mormonism because they've got this Book of Mormon that supersedes the Word of God. Well, a, a lot of people like, like this guy that commented, I'm not saying him, but a lot of people like him, they're just as bad because they'll take you know, a Greek text mm -hmm. that they can't even read Greek, yeah. you know, yeah. and somehow correct the Bible with it. Mm. Or they'll take what Augustine says, and they d they do not know that Augustine said it. Mm -hmm. You know, they just don't know. They'll say, well, we got his writings. Well, you don't know that they've been preserved. Right. But why why would Augustine have any more, you know, corner on preservation than God? Yeah, because they'll attack the Bible saying it's been tampered with and changed. But uh, what about these other things that we put our faith in, like the writings of Augustine? You know, you right. know we don't know. Um, if you're going to trust something, it ought to be the Bible above all those other things. So basically, what we're saying, and they're attacking us for having blind faith, but it's childlike faith in what God said. We don't need science. We don't need history. You know, we don't need any of that. The Bible is the final authority. The Bible answers all those questions, and we find them in the Word of God. People like to say that uh, they, they're just going to believe science. You know, you've heard that, especially atheists, evolutionists, things like that. When you go down that road, well, you know, science, we're going to put our faith in science. because. But uh, if, if the past three years hasn't taught you how unreliable and how deceptive and how manipulative those numbers, that data can be, uh, that's, that's, a, that's, that's a terrible place to put your faith. Immoral Joe Biden, he walks out on the platform the other day. Immoral, hypocritical, ungodly Joe Biden, he walks out with a mask in his hand as if he's breathing through his hand. <laughs> and, then, and then he laughs and he mocks and he says, don't tell anybody that I don't have my mask on because my wife was tested positive for COVID. Now, she's done had all the shots. Mm -hmm. Your science says Joe Biden was lying to us when he said, you get the shot, you won't get COVID. You know, seven or eight shots later. <laughs> now it is Joe, Joe Biden's got COVID, what, two or three different times. And now he's supposed to wear the mask again. I'm telling you, we're not wearing the mask again. It's coming back again. Yes, it They're is. They're already talking. You know why it's coming back? Because the election is coming back. The election year flu. Yes, yep. that's exactly right. Yep. And so so Joe Biden was lying to us. So was he following the science? He was following science falsely so-called. It's mm -hmm. exactly what he was mm -hmm. doing. They're following, they like to say they're following the data, but uh, data is manipulated. It's used to manipulate people. Yeah, uh, and, and so they were throwing out data, and then they had to, then they changed the truth to back up the data. You, you know, and so next thing you know, everybody's dying of COVID. You have a car accident, and you, and you die from a car accident, and you had COVID. And so you, that's not an exaggeration either. It's that, was, that stuff was really happening because the doctors were getting kickbacks. Yes. Why not? You know, if you're going to get money for it, uh, there's, they're incentivizing this diagnosis. Um, but, uh, yeah, science, just forget science. It's, it's, uh, it's a manipulation tactic. And, of course, true science is wonderful. But what we've done is we've gotten away from the Bible, and now we're just like we're just lost in a hailstorm, like a goose in a hailstorm. Amen uh, to that. Amen but it, uh, also, what what people like to criticize about uh, Baptists and fundamental Baptists too is that uh, we're always attacking other people, always concerned with other people who are doing. But I'm happy to say 
well, God has answered your prayer, whoever wrote this comment, because we're just not concerned with what other people are doing. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, now, you know, it, it's, it's, we're independent fundamental Baptists because we don't, we're not worried about what the guy down the street is doing. As if, as if the Catholics don't say anything about independent Baptists. <laughs> right. And Presbyterians don't say anything about independent Baptists. That's so true. Give me a break, will you? Yeah. You know? But, but honestly, th- this is what I believe and this is what I teach. Paul says to those people that were against him, that were preaching the gospel, that were basically preaching it of contention and not of goodwill, somehow supposing to add affliction to Paul's bonds. Right. And so he says, you know, notwithstanding, whether in pretense or truth, Christ is preached, neither there and do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. Right. And I praise the Lord for the gospel that's preached in every Southern Baptist church. I praise the Lord for people that are saved in the Presbyterian church. But Presbyterian or not, I do not believe in Calvinism. Amen. Bottom line. Right. And why should you take offense to that? Yep. You well, would expect the Presbyterian to say the same thing. Yeah. And it's just the culture that uh, is being created today where if you disagree with somebody, then you hate that person. Yeah, you're a racist, and a misogynist. To, and we have to take offense. But why can't... Why can't we be friends or friendly to each other and also disagree? And you preach what you believe in your pulpit, and he preaches what he believes in his pulpit, and we just live and let live. But we're not going to let up. We're not going to let up on the truth. We had a guy call me about two or three months ago, and he was upset because I had made a statement to, to the effect of we are one of the few churches, if maybe the only church in Franklin County, who takes the approach to the Bible that we take, mm-hmm. you know, we just believe if God said it, that settles it. Yeah. And we're not willing to compromise it or change it because we don't understand it. The guy got upset with me, and I told him this. I said, you know what? If I preached the same words in your pulpit, you invited me into your church, and I preached those same words, you'd be sitting out there saying amen. But because it wasn't in your pulpit, now you, you somehow take offense to that? Mm-hmm. You know, that's awful childish right there. Yeah, yeah and... Uh you know, everybody amends that statement. But uh, on some of our episodes, we've kind of said, well, this is this is how seriously we take that statement, like the Flat Earth episode, you know. Um, th- I mean, that th- God said it, that settles it. We just, you know, we're going to take the Bible uh, uh, for what it says. Let God be true and every man a liar. That's right. Um, but, uh, again, you don't, you're not going to go down that road. More power to you. Yeah, if, if you want to believe that the Earth is spinning, through space, I, I mean spinning, you know, um, at what, Mach 2, you know, basically, and then flying, you know, through space, you know, around the sun at 66,000 miles an hour, and that the sun is flying through space at, what, 150,000 miles an hour, mm-hmm. more than that, mm-hmm. and then the galaxies flying through space at about warp speed. If you want to believe that, that's fine. But God told me the earth does not move right. five times. Right. So you can call on all your scientists and your, you know, Einsteins and all these people that are going to, you know, change their theories to fit what they've already believed because religion or a belief system is all. See, a person always rejects truth and then they go to a lie to support it. Right. And then you got to keep propping it up with dark matter, you know, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, all kinds of stuff, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, black holes and all that kind of stuff, but just simple childlike faith in what God said. 6,000 years ago, God created the heaven for a place to put the earth. Mm-hmm. That's what it says. Yep. And, um, and, and then it doesn't say that God threw the earth into orbit, you know, when the sun was created on day four. Right. It doesn't say that, right. you know. But anyway, if you want to go ahead and change the Bible to suit your personal observations and, and what you were taught, in the first and second grade, that's fine. But, you know, as far as I'm concerned, 
The Bible trumps all of that. Yeah, and I mean, we're again, what what are we supposed to do to stop attacking the quote unquote brethren or whatever you know people uh, assume that uh, you know just always worried about what other people are doing and may God give you grace to have you know freedom in Christ or whatever. Uh, what this are, guy is basically saying, don't say anything controversial. Right, right. What are we supposed to do? How do we do that? I mean, you tell me what we're doing that's not doing. I mean, we don't go picket at churches, you know. I, I'm not. We're not. You know, we're not. Uh, we that. just believe abortion is wrong. Amen. We believe homosexuality is wrong. We're against California for saying now that um, you, you know, parents, if you don't affirm your child's gender, your kid could be taken taken from you we're against that Mm -hmm. and if somehow that offends you you know i don't know what to tell you yeah you know but that's the laodicean uh age in which we're living right now yeah the church is bending over backwards to accommodate the world in every area and and the world's never going to be happy the queers in the 1990s i remember we just want to come out of the closet that's all we 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 just don't want to be persecuted Mm -hmm. now they've come out of the closet and shoving us in the closet and persecuting us Mm -hmm. you know and and it's so bad now that the government wants to tell us not only what to say but how to think. Mm-hmm. And now now you've got hate crimes. Yeah. You know. I I, yep. I mean. So that's communism. They're gonna. You know. So you got to be brainwashed. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, to somehow think like they do. Yeah. But but uh, you know the the whole thing is screwed up. Yes. The yeah, whole thing well, is and good. and uh, you you really got passionate during the COVID about all this, and you started preaching on. Um, you know, your 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 sermons really had a political flavor to them because you said, you know, it's the church that has dropped the ball here, and uh, we've got the government that uh, a godless society has put there, you know, uh, and we are reaping the benefits of our secular society. Yes, and uh, it's yes. it's a shame, but also it's it's predicted in the Bible. The tares have over come the wheat mm. in the churches yeah. today mm-hmm. and basically the churches are run by compromisers neo-evangelicals mm-hmm. that got have itching ears and all they want to hear is good sermon and the only thing that they care about is the size of their paycheck mm-hmm. man forget that mm-hmm. you know well which is what this whole idea here is really what gave a rise to us starting this podcast is just like for someone to preach the truth unapologetically is like the ultimate cancelable offense now and uh you know um you know it's just uh, it's, you can't tolerate that in such a tolerating society you can't have intolerance but they won't tolerate the truth oh yeah you can talk about god you can talk about islam but if you talk about jesus christ somehow that word is offensive and that's a that's a hate just, just mentioning the name of Jesus mm-hmm. and the Bible's a hate book. You know, it's getting to the place where now see, here's what happened. So the government says all churches shut down because it's a non-essential um, uh, organization. Right. And of course, Walmart and the pot plants and, and the drug houses, they're all open, you know, yep. and the prostitution houses, they're all open. Um, but the church house is not now. And then here's this is what irritates me so the churches not only do they close glad to close glad to close because the preachers aren't god called anyway mm. you know they don't have a passion they're not pregnant with truth you know and so they're glad and and what's worse is they give the government the key and say you just give us the key back when we're ready to when when, when you want us to open up again mm-hmm. you know we don't answer the government we answer to god mm-hmm. you know yeah and uh, so, yeah, I get pretty passionate about this. 
But I see what this guy says as so much of what, you know, if, if you preach the truth, you know, somehow you're, you're ignorant. Mm-hmm. You know, I was once like you. Well, I, I could say the same thing. Yeah. Well, I was once like you. Right. right. You know, that's so condescending. What? And that's, so, that's such a... You talk about a straw man. Yeah. That's right. the ultimate straw man right, right Because he doesn't know how we are. He, he doesn't know. He listened to 20 minutes of a podcast. But, you know, God bless the guy. I've been there. I've turned on some podcasts, and it was just the whole... It was the woke, you know, version of Christianity. I'm like, I can't stomach half of this, and I turn it off. And I, I could write the same thing to them. But, um, you know... Uh, he doesn't know, you know, and, and and the other comment there said, you know, I pray that one day you'll you'll see the light or whatever. Well, you know, we don't know. He doesn't know that about us. We don't know that about them. But um, uh, one thing we we want to do is stay faithful to the truth, and that makes a lot of enemies. It's going to put us at odds with a lot of people. Yes, and a lot of Bible pre, you know, so called Bible preachers, a lot of so called churches. Uh, it's just gonna. It's just the nature of the beast. I'm gonna tell you one of the reasons why the big churches are big churches because none of them took a stand during COVID. A lot of them went online and just stayed there. You know, they they went to live stream stuff and uh, uh, there's still got people sitting at home on the couch watching church and things like that to this day. Yep, yep. And a lot of churches closed and never opened up again. Yeah, small churches like us. Yeah. Yep. Because they had uh, bills to pay, and or they're just getting started, or something. Well, and then they they believe this lie that your life is in jeopardy if you touch a germ. Well, you know what? <laughs> Who's going to come back to church after that? If it's if it's a if it's a danger to your life to pass the offering plate, you know, if you believe that stuff. <laughs> you know who is going to come? That's back just to an excuse for, yeah, as if germs never existed until COVID. <laughs> I mean, but people they're bathing in in. You know, alcohol sanitizers and stuff. What is it? Point ninety nine point. What is it? Nine seven percent of people who got COVID survived it. Mm, yep. You know, yep. and uh, just unbelievable. We want to talk today on on basically ethics. You could call it situation ethics, and we want to use the verse that kind Jesus goes in in line with what we were talking about. Yes, here. yes, and. Uh, so Jesus said, he gave an answer to a man and asked about, well, what's the great commandment? And why don't you go ahead and read that? It's in Matthew chapter number 22 and verse number 39. So in um, uh, 36, when he asked, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy, mi- thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is likened to it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Yes, yes. And so love is the... It is is the the ultimate litmus test, you know. And in fact, when we stand before God, we are going to be judged. Basically, what we not only what we do, but the motive. And that motive ought to be love. And uh, we ought to have a passion, you know, uh, to serve God and just to love God. And a lot of people might criticize preachers like you uh, for breaking this this right here. You know, well, you need to have more love. You know, you got to have more love. You got to love your neighbor. Be kind and, and you know, uh, why, why do you got to be so mean kind of thing? Well, I think that we need to love the truth. Right. And everybody that loves the truth hates error. Most people have the wrong definition of love, too. That's right. That's Loving right. your neighbor, they think, is enabling them down a uh, basically a road to damnation. How that's, is that love? Right. That's, that, that's exactly right. And this transgender thing, you know, child affirming, you know, mm-hmm. affirming is... They that's say, well, their idea of love. That's their idea of love. But that 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 is absolute hate. You know, well, you don't love your kids. You're willing for them to take this poison and destroy their lives. Right. You know, 
And uh, boy, a child's mind isn't even, his brain's not even fully developed yet. And so you want, so he pretends he's a girl. And so you've got to affirm that or the government's going to come in and take your child away from you. Mm. That that just passed California yep. just the other yep. day. And that's the world's definition of love, by the way. That, Absolutely. When they accuse us of not having the love in our, in our hearts, you know, when they hear a hard sermon and they say that, well, that's, that's their definition of love. Well, another thing, too, lust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Y- you know, so uh, let me just stop and say something that I've said many, many times over the years. Now, there is a real problem with pornography in America today, especially with young boys. Um, and the stupidest thing that a parent can do, and if you're listening right now and you did this, you need to repent and get right with God. Here it is, a kid 13, 12, and 11 years of age. You've got him a cell phone where it's basically 3D, and then it's uncensored, you know, and, and this kid is looking at all this ungodly filth. You're just, you're, first of all, you're ruining that kid's life. Mm-hmm. You're ruining that kid's life and that children, that, that kid's children's life. He's going to get married and divorced and married and divorced because his whole understanding of marriage is going to be based upon lust. Advi- yeah. Uh, yeah, and the Bible says that lust is violence, yeah. according to James, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so so what happens is now you got this kid who's been watching this filth and pornographic ungodliness. Um, which is basically violence. You know, you talk about a twosome and a threesome now, and uh, just unbelievable. And treating, um, you you know, the the bodies of of, of ladies like they were trashed, like they were were toys. Right. And, uh, And so here's what happens. So this guy, he doesn't understand what love is. He thinks it's lust. He thinks it's jumping in bed and, uh, and, and you know, getting his, his kicks. Mm-hmm. And so what he wants to do is he wants to act out in the bed with his dear wife. You know, here it is. She's a pure godly lady. And then all of a sudden she finds herself in a bed of violence because that's what it is. Yeah. And so he's wanting to do all kinds of things. And he says, violent love. You know, there's no such thing as violent love. There's violent lust but not violent love. Yeah. And so and so what what you need to do is you need to, I I realize you cannot keep a cell phone from your boy or girl for that matter for all of eternity. Mm-hmm. But the worst thing that you can do is give that kid a cell phone when he is 14 years of age. Yeah. Absolutely the worst thing. Yeah. But anyway, and so what prompted us to talk about this today? So a lady asked me just the other day. She said, "Okay, is it ever wrong to lie? And I said, well, it depends on the situation. That's a surprising answer. That's a surprising answer. I remember you preaching on this uh, several years well, ago. Well, years ago, several times, I have mentioned this kind of thing. And you gave the illustration of, like, if a man were to walk into a, a building with a gun, and some people are hiding in a closet, and you say, is there anybody in that closet? Yeah, say, I can't lie. <laughs> right. I, oh, yeah, I got to tell them. Or a rapist comes into your house and says, well, I, I wonder, I, I'm here to rape your 14-year-old girl. Is she upstairs? Uh, right, you know, right. is she, is she, uh, it, it, where is she? Uh-huh. You know, what are you going to say? Well, she's down at the police station. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to lie about that. Right. It's okay to lie to your enemies. Mm. If your enemy, if it's okay to, you know, when you're at war with your enemy, and so, you know, so they capture you, and they say, "Well, where's the rest of your, you, you know, your platoon or whatever?" And uh, well, ba- you don't tell them, right? <laughs> you know, well, they went the other way. You know, you don't say tell the them opposite. whether, yeah, right, you, right. You, you lie to them, right? You know, um, if they're willing to kill you, you can certainly lie to them. There's nothing wrong with that. We see, in fact, we see that in the Bible. 
Um, so what happens was in, in the book of, I believe it's in first Kings chapter number 22, you know, the Lord said, who shall persuade Ahab that he may go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead. And one said on this manner and another said on that manner. And there came forth a spirit and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. And the Lord said unto him, wherewith? And he said, I will go forth and I will be to him a lying spirit in the mouth of his prophets. Mm. And he said, thou shalt persuade him and prevail also. Go forth and do so. So God is saying, okay, I give my stamp of approval on you lying to Ahab. Mm. Okay. The midwives in the book of Exodus. So Pharaoh says to the midwives, if it's a baby boy, kill it. Right. And so, um, the midwives, they obviously they're not going to do that. And so when Pharaoh called him in and says, "What's the deal? I told you not to do, you know, kill him, and you've done saved him alive." They lied, and says, "Well, the Hebrew women, they're not like the Egyptian women." Well, when we get there, the baby's already born. Right. Well, oh yeah, yeah. Now that's, that's right. a lie. Why yeah, would you right. need a middle midwife then? You know. Right. So and the, you see, there's, that. An, there's another one, um, Ehud and Eglon, uh, the in the book of Judges. Remember that. When he, uh, the, the fat king, and Ehud, the, the judge, comes in and says, I have a gift for Eglon. Remember that? Yes. And he stabs him, and then he leaves, and he tells him, locks the door behind him and says, well, he was really enjoying his gift. He's going to give him a little while or something to that effect. But he lied, uh, doing what God told him to do. And deception uh, is not always bad either. That's right. David, you remember when he ended up? He was kicked out of his own country mm -hmm. just to save his life. He goes over to, uh, the, 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 to the Philistines mm -hmm. and... and uh, he pretends to be a madman. Remember right. that? Yep. He lets spittle run down his face. And so he's deceiving them. And, uh, and so I had heard it said one time, anytime you lie, a lie is a designed attempt to deceive. <laughs> well, that's what, uh, and then it's a sin. Well, then you just made God out to be a sin, hmm. you know? And then also you've made David out to be a sin. But is it okay to pretend to be what you're not, you know, ever? Well, in, in things like war, for example, that's pretty obvious. Mm. But let's go ahead and put it down more on a more um, practical, personal, pra yeah. practical level. So this lady said, so what do you do if somebody puts on a dress and she's 400 pounds and <laughs> she, she says, how do I look in this dress? <laughs> you know, I heard it said this way. You know, one time a baby, uh, you know, this baby is born. And uh, the guy asked the preacher, isn't this an adorable baby? And the preacher was talking about how no baby when it's first born is adorable. It's got a right. cone-shaped head, you right. know, no teeth Covered and all that. Slime. Yes, and all that stuff. And so the preacher kind of just made a joke of me. He says, well, I must say, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I must say that that's a beautiful baby, <laughs> you know. In other words, what are you saying is I'm forced to say, you know. And so, 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 how do you deal with situations like that? You know, what what do you do? Well, well, before you give your answer, when we were talking about this, I said, um, uh, "Let me guess what you told this lady. Uh, let me guess what you said." And I guessed wrong, but I said, "Well, you probably told her to say, well, you can you can say something without being untruthful, but also without being unkind, like." You know, I've never seen a dress that color before or, you know, very unique design or, boy, it's, uh, uh, you, know, uh, uh, you know, something uh, according, uh, along those lines, you know. Right, right. But I want to say one more thing before we get into that, too. Uh, just another one that came to my mind is Rahab. If you remember Rahab, she lied, too. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah she, to she, hiding she, the spies. That's you know, right. they said, where are the spies? Yep. You know? Um, and so 
She said, oh, they done gone. They went that way, you know? Right, right. <laughs> and uh, the Bible says that um, God rewarded her for that. Right. And the, ch the children of Israel rewarded her for that. And she finds her way into the line of Christ That's for that. That's right. That's right. And uh, so, so we see that, you know, quite often in the Bible. And so I would say what you're saying right there is, is probably a good answer, you know? Uh, but that's like, not the answer you like gave. the preacher, right? Right, like the preacher who said, "Well, I must say," mm -hmm. so that gets him off the hook. Yeah, you know, he didn't lie per se, but right. But let me just say this: what we should say and we don't say is that you are out of bounds to ask that. You're out of bounds. You know, do I look nice in this dress? Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not talking about your 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 uh, your wife asks your husband or something like that. You know, I've often said to my wife, you look very nice, you know, uh, in that dress. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. When somebody starts going around and asking that, you know what it is? Basically, it's vanity, mm -hmm. you know. How do I look? Does this have sex appeal, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so, basically, what they're wanting us to do is pamper their vanity, yeah. you, you know. Uh, did I sing well, you know? Yeah, um, that's true. Why are you even asking that? You know, um, and and I get it. I get it. We get insecure, but that that is an out of bounds question. You've crossed the line. Mm -hmm. You know, can you imagine Peter saying to uh, you know to 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 uh, John and James, "How'd I do at Pentecost?" Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> how was the sermon? Right. Oh, all right. <laughs> you know, you don't. That's not in the Bible. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, and it, it, it's so it, it's ethically wrong to even ask that, mm. you know. And you said um, uh, the, the, the real answer is, um, you know, uh, don't ask me if my my unvarnished, you know, the unvarnished truth <laughs> is going to somehow jeopardize our our relationship. Right. Right. Because here's what's here's what's going to happen This is what I told this lady. If you don't ask, answer the way they want you to answer them, you risk losing a friend. Mm -hmm. But I said this, if, if that's the take, that person was never a friend in the first place. If you cannot be honest with that person, then that person was never a friend. That person right. was just using you, and it finally got to that place. Right. You know? I mean, what did Paul say? Have I become your enemy because I've told you the truth? Right. If you don't want the truth, don't ask for the truth. So I remember one time years ago, you talk about a mess. Okay. So, I mean, I mean we're, we're talking about a divorce and a family split up over, well, several things, but one thing that brought it to a head. So there's one lady, so she, sing, she sings in church. Now, first of all, she can't sing. Okay. She thinks she can, but she couldn't sing. But she was okay, you know. In uh, a church that's our size, you know, you know, church is 50, 100, 150, you know. Basically, you don't have tryouts. Right. You know, people that want to sing. Now, I try to tell folks, don't sing unless you know that you can sing. Right. And if you don't know that you can sing, you probably, probably can't. can't sing. That's <laughs> so true. <laughs> and, uh, and so, I mean, yes, everybody wants a full choir. Everybody wants, you know, a variety of, you know, you know, soloists and, you know, quartets and right. trios in the church, right. duets. Um, but anyway, so this lady asked her mother-in-law and says, how was the song? Well, she was walking on cloud nine. She thought she was doing fantastic. Mm -hmm. And so the mother-in-law says, well, I thought you were kind of out of range. 
you know. Because here's the problem. What she did was she would sing the song. She she listened to contemporary Christian radio. And that's a, that's one problem right there. Mm-hmm. So what they want to do is they want to sing it like they heard it on the radio, which is normally not a good not good for a church. You right. Know? I mean, it was, it's been engineered. It took you know who knows how many producers to get it sounding that good. Absolutely, and it took forever you know uh, to get it right. She probably sang the, you know the the singer on the radio probably sang it a thousand times. Right. You know, and um, but if you go to a concert and you listen to them. When they when they do it live, it never sounds like the way it was done on the radio because right. of the engineering and things right. like that. And so, and so, and so, the mother-in-law told her the truth. All hell broke loose. I mean, I I went there to try to counsel there that day. We're sitting at the table, and her countenance changed. She went from an angel to a devil. Next thing I know, things are flying. Spit is flying. She's yelling and screaming. And, and didn't uh, it all start in a foyer in the foyer of our church? Too? Yeah, and it went from there <laughs> to the house. To yeah, the house. to the house. And uh, what a what a mess! What mm-hmm. a mess! Your problem is you're insecure. That's your first problem. Number one. Number two is is a lot of these ladies you can't sing, so quit looking for a position. And guys too can't sing either. Right, right. You can't sing, and uh, quit looking for. And then when somebody tells you the truth because they care about you, you know. <laughs> You fly off the handle. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody criticizes the doctor. You, you pay a doctor a lot of money for telling you the truth. Mm. You pay a mechanic a lot of money to tell you the truth. And if a doctor, if a doctor is to, you know, if he, if he lies about that, you know, and tells you, oh, you're fine, you're fine, you know, and uh, you're not, and you die, well, th- that's a loss. That's malpractice, you know. But that's exactly what happens on a personal level and also in a pastoral level. Mm-hmm. The preacher's always saying what, you know, people want to hear. Mm. And, and, and it's wrong for a pastor to do it, and it's wrong for a parent to do it as well, and it's wrong for friends to do it, you know. So I would think, now I'm to the place now, Jonathan, well, I don't even care anymore. You know, I'm just, uh, you know, uh, no holds barred. You know, I'm on Social Security now. <laughs> I just kid about it when I say this. You know, I don't get a salary from the church anymore, so I'm just going to preach what I believe. But I've done that for years. But right. there was a time when I did not. And you, you don't want to lose people. And I've often prayed, Lord, don't let me offend anybody unnecessarily, you know. But uh, what happens is uh, then that becomes the, the, <laughs> the rule rather than the exception. Right. And uh, so this is what I would basically say to answer that question you know i would say well that's really not a fair question to be honest with you you know because i I feel like the very fact that you would ask that question you are taking advantage of our friendship yeah you know i mean that's what you're doing Mm -hmm. now there may be a kinder way to say that but if you really cared about that person you're not just going to say well i must say that's a beautiful baby Mm -hmm. or well, I've never seen that dress on you before, mm-hmm. or that's a good style dress. Mm-hmm. But they don't want to know that. You're just, you know, dodging the issue. Right. They want to know, does this dress look, I know the dress looks good, but does it look good on me? Mm-hmm. And if you lie, you lied, yeah. you know? And, and you could have hurt somebody down the road on that. Yeah, so true. But uh, so your answer, I guess, was basically it's unethical for somebody to ask a question that they don't really yes. want the, the truth to. Absolutely, I, yes. Uh, but then my response to you was, "Well, that doesn't help this lady with her with her answer with her question." Absolutely. But of course, I mean, I, you just answered it there. But um, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so what what do you say? Okay, so I think you should just say, "Well, 
you, you know, that that's really an unfair question for anybody. Right. You know, and uh, I know one thing, you know, when I was at Hiles Anderson College, uh, Brother Hiles would have a question and answer. And sometimes people would ask the wrong questions. And he would tell you in a New York second, mm-hmm. you know, that he, and he would just tell you that's a stupid question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, 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 that is unfair. Um, and uh, you're out of line. You're out of bounds. Right. So what does it mean to love? Well, I think love means to do what is best for somebody. And so the whole idea of preachers say, well, I just love my congregation. Therefore, I'm not going to offend them. Well, you don't love your congregation. It's the parent that will not deal with a child and, and correct that child when he is wrong. Chasing the child, you know. Well, I love my child too much to hurt his feelings. Well, you don't love that child. Not at all. Not the way that the Bible's teaching yeah. right here. Yeah. It's, it's doing what is best. It's putting the other person's, you know, um, it's putting truth first. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's more concerned about uh, the, the goodwill of the other person than it is your own goodwill. And you're, you're willing to sacrifice the relationship f- for, for the truth, mm. right? Well, anyway, thou shalt love the Lord thy God. That's what the Bible says. And love thy neighbor as thyself. Jesus said, greater love hath no man than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. The Bible says, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God. But whosoever hath this world's goods, and seeth his brother have a need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? Love worketh no ill to his neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. And it goes on and on and on like that. Well, and um, what you said, love is wanting what's best for the other person. Well, and then, of course, you've got everybody's definition of what is best for the other person. And I believe that's why it says, love love the Lord thy God comes first. Yes. And then you know what actually is best for that person. Because if you get it backwards then it's going to be up to anybody's judgment, like California. You know, what's best for the child? Well, for them to have puberty blockers when they're 12. You know, uh, that's their warped idea of what is best because they don't have the Word of God loving the truth, which is then dictating how to love your neighbor by wanting what is best for you according to God's Word. Amen, amen. So loving the truth, that's the most important thing. But the world, the devil, has redefined love. Mm -hmm. See, if the devil cannot trip you up with inspiration he'll trip you up with interpretation and if he cannot get you to believe what the bible says then he'll what he's going to do he's going to introduce a dictionary and he's going to say well there's another way to define this word and that's where the whole deeper life business comes in Mm -hmm. you know the plain sense doesn't mean what it's supposed to mean you know and uh, so what we're doing now is we're finding greek words to change the definition and so you know, nothing means what it means anymore. Right. Marriage doesn't mean marriage. Woman doesn't mean woman anymore. Mm-hmm. Man doesn't. The Bible says the day is coming when people will call good evil and evil good. Well, there, we're there. <laughs> we are there for sure. And yeah. so when we talk about love, you know, we're thinking one thing and they're thinking another. That's true. We're yeah. thinking of love the truth ultimately, love God ultimately. You know, it's so obvious how backwards this is that the fact that preaching against well, like preaching against homosexuality is called hate. That's that. But really, that's love. According to God, that's love, um, which is now hate speech. So God's definition of love is called hate speech uh, because their warped definition 
of loving thy neighbor, so to speak. Right. And, and even the world will tell you that the statistics show that transgenders commit suicide at an alarming rate, mm-hmm. 40%. You know, that's way higher than the national average. You know, there's other contributing factors, but transgenderism, that is at the at the top right there, you know. And so rather than than telling the person, listen, because I care about you, I want you to have a happy life. This is not the road to go down, okay? Now, that's love, right? Right. But the Gavin Newsoms of the world, they'll say, oh, no, if a kid is four years of age and he comes home and he says that the boy, he, he's a boy and he's a little girl and he thinks he's a little girl, you've got to affirm that and put a dress on him and uh, send him to school with a dress on. And if he tells his teacher, well, my daddy won't let me wear a dress to church, well, then the school psychiatrist is going to come in. They're going to come and invade your home. And the next thing you know, your child's going to be taken from you because you're not, you don't love that child. But that's the devil's definition of love. Affirming the truth is love, mm-hmm. not error, not yeah. lies. Yeah. Parents will say, well, I, you know, I love my kids too much to spank them or something like that. That's just uh, that's completely opposite. Uh, what the Word of God says. I mean, Absolutely. You hate that child to uh, allow them down a self-destructive, harmful road like that. Yes, yeah. And anybody that loves the truth hates error. Anybody that loves good health hates the germs yeah. that cause bad health. Anybody, a- any gardener who loves, I don't know, plants growing in his garden hates the weeds mm-hmm. that grow in his garden. Because the weeds will suck up the nutrients, right? Yep. And so if we love the Lord, we're going to hate the devil. If we love righteousness, we're going to hate sin. Yep. And so really, when you, when, it, when you look at it that way, and so if we love the Lord, we hate the devil, and there's people who hate the Lord, what do they do? They love the devil. Jesus said, you cannot serve two masters. You'll love one, hate the other. Okay? So what he is saying is you can only have one master. There are two masters, and you can only have one. Yep. You know, and he says it's you either love me or you hate me. Yeah. There's no middle ground in this. But people have rejected the truth. They've rejected Christ. Therefore, um, it goes downhill from there. That truth is very obvious when it comes to this whole, um, you know, this all-inclusive diversity mind- mindset because those people, uh, they got no use for people like us. We're certainly not welcome in their group, you know, uh, but I thought it was all inclusive. But see, what's happened is you can't have, you can't love everything. It's impossible. You can't love everything. That's you can't right. love everything, everybody, everywhere. You just can't do it. Um, they're like polar opposites. To love one thing is to hate its enemy. Okay, and, and even in life, you can't love all life. I don't care what the globalists say and the animal lovers and the tree huggers say, okay? For example, we've been having some problems with uh, German cockroaches in our house. And so, man, I hate them. And we got infested. So we called the exterminator. We're going to kill them all, you know. Um, Same way with mice. Yep. You know, mice carry. See, if you love one thing, you're going to hate another. Yep. You know. And, uh, And so love will draw you to the truth. That's why. What was it? David says, I hate every wrong way, Mm -hmm. you know, and so so should we. If you love the Lord, then you hate all false lords. If you love the gospel, you hate all false gospels. 
If you love health, you hate all disease, all disease, right? And that is really the problem with Christianity up from the world's perspective, right? You know, yep. well, you know, your truth isn't my truth. It's exclusive. They hate ex- they hate ex- it. They want inclusivity. But uh, the, the, you know, the exclude all truth is exclusive, you know. Uh, Amen to that. But, I mean, you know, we see the attack on Jesus Christ, who is the truth, uh, even in, in any objective truth. It's being attacked, you know. Like now, these you know, these schools don't want to. You know, math is somehow racist, you know. And you, you know, you gotta uh, you gotta affirm kids' understanding. Two plus two isn't always four. You know, that kind of stuff. Because, Streets are racist. Yeah, because objective truth. You know, I, I, I read the other day, air is racist. <laughs> you know, if you're in Baltimore, the air you breathe in Baltimore is racist because most people in Baltimore are black. Therefore, they're you know. I don't even. I, I can't even wrap my mind yeah, around there. Yeah, it's. Yeah. It, they call it uh, disproportionately affected by pollution. So pollution somehow it's a race. It's a race issue. Everything's a race issue. But that may be getting a little off topic. <laughs> but uh, we have a tendency to rant, don't we? Uh, but situational ethics. Like, there's so much more we could get into on this because you know situational ethics is is something you would most associate with. Well, it's the kind of a liberal idea. You know, it uh, is. Liberals like to go that route. You know, the end justifies the means. That's right. Basically, they, they, they absolutely do. But, but I, it, it is true though. There's a balance. Th- there is a balance. Okay, so what did Paul say? Paul said, you know, I don't have a problem eating meat, but if meat causes my brother to be offended, I'm not going to eat any meat. Mm-hmm. So what he is saying, it's okay to eat meat with this guy over here, but it's not okay for me to eat meat with this guy over here. Yeah. Paul said. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is a sin. Yep. And whosoever eateth is damned if he eateth, if he do it not believing. And, and whatsoever not what's faith, faith is, is sin. Faith is sin. That's right. right. And, and and so really, love is the is the what, exactly what love thy neighbor as thyself and the Lord thy God. Yep. And so, but it's got to be you love God, and then that establishes the authority of God to. Tell us to love our neighbors as ourselves. Right. Yes. And so, again, loving the truth, you know. The reason why I hate the NIV is because it contradicts the truth, Mm -hmm. you know. And every false way, every false Bible, every false religion, every false gospel, every false definition, you know. And the devil does come as an angel of light. One thing that really bothers me is when people go to different churches. You know, I don't see any really difference between any of these churches. Well, you got your head in the sand, right? You know, um, there things that are different are not the same. Yep. What we need to do is love the truth, and if you love the everybody that loves the truth loves a strong defense of the truth, right? You know, and um, and that's why people like you know these these conservative talk shows. Mm-hmm. You know, um, boy, they want to hear it, and yep. and they don't have a problem with exposing the error. Right? Why? Because they love the truth, man. Amen. Well, thank you for tuning in. We really enjoy um, you uh, listening in, and, uh, and and we'd like to have you participate. Let us know what you think of this and other uh, podcasts. Until next week, we'll see you. Thanks for listening. <laughs>